Hello and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt and this is episode 60 and we are going to be talking about John Wick, chapter 3, Parabellum, as well as Detective Pikachu. We've been waiting a long time for these <laughs> ones. Tom, Tom had his tongue out at me the whole time and I was trying not to laugh. Uh, Tom, thanks for uh, coming back. Yeah, anytime. Travis is here too. I am. Yeah. <laughs> you were on the last episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't say welcome back. I just said thanks for joining. Us. I don't know. You did say welcome back. back. Did I say welcome back? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Since the last. Thanks time. for coming back. <laughs> welcome back to life, Tom. We I feel. From you in a while. I feel like a special guest, so I don't mind it. This is a big one, guys. We've been talking John Wick Chapter Three for quite a while now. One of yeah. our first episodes, I think, was John Wick Chapter Two. That is correct. And uh, the hype is real. The time has finally come. John Wick Chapter 3. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Uh, Game of Thrones has also ended. We will be getting into that in a little bit as well. But before we do, Tom, your Blazers, unfortunately, swept by the Warriors. to talk about it one more time. I had to go home. <laughs> Tell us how you're feeling. I'm feeling pretty bummed. Um, I was emotionally numb. During the last game. Uh, I don't know. What do you say about it? They had a phenomenal year. They really did. Beat a lot of people that everybody said they weren't going to beat. And those people can suck it. <laughs> and then they went up against the Warriors who were shorthanded. And they led by 18, 17, and 18 in the last three games. And they blew all of them. Mm, ouch. So that's just not the way you want to go out after an amazing season. Uh, so a lot of questions going into next year, pretty disappointed, but overall very pleased with the, with the way the season went. They really needed a playoff win and they got two. So that was awesome. It's like when you take fourth place in apex legends, but you get like six kills and a thousand damage. You still feel pretty good about it. Exactly. Exactly. But you want to play another one right away. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get that win. (laughs) Well, sorry for your loss, Tom. Thank you. I, I appreciate really the solidarity. Had a lot of a lot of folks reaching out to me via text. I was worried there for a little bit because we had texted in the group chat a little bit and you weren't responding. Yeah. Then the Blazers lost and I made like a wellness check joke. There's still no response. I was like, wait, do we actually need to check on Tom? So the last game I did watch live, but the other three, a lot of games this year I've had to watch uh, like just slightly behind because I've had to record it and then, you know, get home from work or whatever I was doing. So it turned into this whole like elaborate mindfuck of when I heard a little ding on my phone after like the hour of 6 p.m. I was like, that's somebody. They're talking to me about the Blazers. I can't look. Or I would look and it would say some, something like, what a game. And I'm like trying to put it together to see like, <laughs> has the game finished? No, okay, it's just the third quarter. Like this happened uh, with one of the games with the Warriors. My uh, my brother-in-law texts me and he's like, what a game. And I'm thinking, okay, calm down. There's no way he's past the third quarter. But still, okay. <laughs> so 
so I get to like the third quarter. I'm like, he's probably finished. Didn't text me again. They definitely lost. And then they did. <laughs> so it was pretty, it was pretty hard on me to get all those text messages. That is tough. Trying to avoid <laughs> live sports updates. <laughs> no, it was, it was fun actually, uh, hearing from people, but just, uh, I don't know. I, I can't say anything more about it. It's a bummer. Fuck the mm. Warriors. I really hate them. That it, it's like they have cheat codes, you know, yeah. like they're going to the finals for the fourth time in five years and I'm just so fucking sick of it. It's not fun. I mean, they're, they basically turned into the Patriots of the NBA. Like, yeah. And you know what? Patriots suck. Well, I mean, when was the last time there was a like an NBA dynasty even close to this? Like Spurs, the Lake. Did, wait, did this like the Spurs in like, the mid like two thousand? Like, but they went to. I don't know how many straight finals they went to, but they like never missed the playoffs the they, entire yeah. like Tim Duncan's career. Yeah, they were always there, but but that's like the closest <clears throat> thing in in recent history. The Heat. They were only together for three years, I think. They only got one. They got two championships. Two championships. Okay. Yeah. Lakers were pretty legit with Shaq and Kobe. Right? Well, they had a three-peat in the early two thousands. Yeah, Lakers. And before that, it was probably well. Before that, it was the Bulls. Yeah. Right. That was bad. Celtics used to reign supreme, though. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, the eighties, I think, were their heyday. But they were probably in and out of it for longer than just the 80s. Right. It's just before my time. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think anything really compares to the Warriors, honestly, in terms of just complete dominance, aside from maybe the Bulls. It's been pretty crazy. Hopefully something uh, interesting will happen. Yeah, I really hope they out. get destroyed by the Bucks. That's, <laughs> my, that's my deepest hope. Nice. Travis, what about you? What's been going on? Um, what have I been doing lately? Not much. I've been busy just doing homework, hanging out with people, working. Nothing fun to report. Too crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of the same for me. Looking forward to the long day, the long uh, three day weekend we have coming up with Memorial Day. Um, I went to the doctor today because I'm off on Tuesdays because I was checking. Um, like I need to get a, a. inhaler refilled like that i use for my allergies but it's like a rescue inhaler and i use it like twice a day so the doctor was telling me like oh well that's supposed to be like in emergencies like you're probably kind of overusing it so he prescribed me like a like a steroid inhaler that's supposed to be like a long-term treatment for allergies uh i go to pick up my prescription and it's like 230 bucks for the fucking inhaler plus 50 for the like the emergency inhaler so it's like I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna at least. It's good for two months. Like that's how many doses are in it. So I'm gonna see what kind of difference I notice. Because if it's not substantial, like I'll probably just roll the dice and use the rescue inhaler as like a. Because like that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Oh yeah, it's a, a ton of money. Inhaler like for a two month use. Two months. Yeah, that's over a year's time. I don't know <laughs> if it's just like actually a really expensive medication or if my insurance is just trash. Mm probably the latter but yeah uh <laughs> yeah are you like do you have a super high deductible or something i do but i've i guess that does probably apply well, usually for like those types of costs you have just like a copay like it's a different payment uh for prescriptions that's what i there should be a copay but i think this was my copay so i think either it's very expensive or they didn't cover 
nearly enough of it to make me oh, feel good about buying it. That is rough. Wait, why is inhale? Why is using the emergency inhaler uh, rolling the dice? Well, you're not. Apparently, there can be side effects if you overuse those inhalers. Yes, like, strong. Uh, <laughs> like steroids uh, could go straight to your bloodstream you know what i'm saying hypertension <laughs> blood pressure like that kind of stuff and i already smoke cigarettes so it's like You're smoking cigarettes super hypertense and puffing on my inhaler <laughs> like yeah we're, we're talking like stroke by 30 which i'm try- trying not to do so <laughs> we'll see how this steroid inhaler goes um but yeah other than that been watching a ton of tv ton of tv we'll get into that in the latter half of the show. But. Mm. Yeah. That's about it. Anything else you guys want to mention before we uh, start discussing the conclusion to Game of Thrones? No, we got to get into this stuff. Okay. So, if you do not want to be spoiled by Game of Thrones, maybe you're like Travis and you were going to wait till the whole thing was finished and then binge it or whatever, <clears throat> check the show notes, skip ahead. If you have not seen it and you don't really care, uh, I would encourage you to listen because it sounds like there's going to be some differing opinions on this issue here. Mm. Uh, so check the timestamp. Skip ahead if you need to. But Game of Thrones. I'll stay just to mediate this. Yeah. In case okay. it's out of hand. So, we already duked it out over text a little bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I told both of you that I was going to f- potentially fist fight yes. Tom. So, um Lone Ranger Sorry, and Tonto, the cat fight in heaven. Okay, so where do we start? With who sat I on think the we Iron start Throne? with my amazing one, prediction coming one. true. Your amazing prediction? Mm-hmm. Which was what? That the Iron Throne would melt in Dragonfire. Yes, the way that was handled was spectacularly stupid, but... I would have done it a different way, but uh, I didn't think it was spectacularly stupid. That was real dumb. So... I mean, there was something leading up to that moment happening, but I guess we can circle back to that in a minute. But Drogon, the last remaining of the three dragons, is face-to-face with Jon Snow. You think the dragon is just going to fucking melt Jon Snow's face off. Dragon rears up, the fire comes up from his belly, and then he just, like, blasts it right past Jon's shoulder and melts the Iron Throne. But it wasn't, like, clearly directed at the Iron Throne. He was kind of, like... It was it going in that general direction, and then the flames. Like I wasn't sure if I was supposed to interpret that as accidental, uh-huh. like it was just that where he happened to be spraying, yeah, or I if think, it was like premeditated or not premeditated, but like I think that was intentionally vague. Because uh, you're right, he does take a while to sort of get around to the throne. But my interpretation was that he was very angry at John, wanted to kill John, but just couldn't quite pull you're the trigger. About a dragon? Yes, Yes. we're talking about a dragon. (laughs) Because he (laughs) has a connection (laughs) with John that he can't help. So uh, my interpretation was that he was pissed and he just, you know, he just pulled away at the last second and it just happened to be in that location. But you could read it multiple ways and I think that was on purpose. Yeah, The way I would have done it is John would have been standing directly in front of the throne and... Then we would have had that callback to fire cannot kill a dragon because Danny couldn't be hurt by flames. But she shares the same lineage as John, so he should have just survived the blast. But the throne behind him got torched. So, that would have been awesome. So when is the fan-made season 8 coming out? 
I'm sure you can find it on YouTube right now. <laughs> well, you heard about all that stuff, right? Like the petition that was going on. Yeah, around. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, it's horrible. Like, I have a ton of issues with how this show basically accelerated toward a cliff and then was not a satisfying conclusion to me, but I still had years and years and years of enjoyment. I still had, like, flourishes of, like, my old love for the show sprinkled in through this season yeah like episode two of the season i thought was one of the better game of thrones episodes i think they are still largely very good episodes i have more qualms with this season with than with previous seasons but i see the gaps in the writing mostly as uh as side effects of the the time constraints that they were working with. These were self-imposed time restraints that nobody told them yeah, they had I was to finish ask, it. Why did they do that? That was so stupid. I think they were probably just under a lot of pressure and just wanted to to finish it. Because I mean, at this point, there's not going to be a conclusion to the book series for Ever. probably fucking thirty years. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to die. He's going to die. Totally. So we're probably not going to get. Does he the give updates on where he's at, or is he no, just like fuck you? No, he just says they're still coming. <laughs> well, no, he he has given dates. He, has he? he? He has said like, oh, it's going to come out in 2015. Oh, actually, it's going to be 2016. Oh, actually, like he has actually had to, to James Cameron. Yeah, he keeps pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> so he says he's close. The most recent update was that he's close to finishing the last to book. Finishing, not even the last book. Oh, <laughs> the next book. <laughs> That, um, he hasn't said how many there are going to be, has he? He previously had said there were going to be eight. He's now saying there's going to be seven again. So he's saying he said he was just recently quoted as saying he's expecting about three thousand like manuscript pages for the last two books. So that'll probably be edited down to I don't know thirteen or four fourteen hundred. Very large. Do you know if he watches the show still? I'm assuming he. Did. Oh, he he yeah. He does. And I, I think his involvement in it was like, I don't know, like a supervisory role. Like, I don't know how much they reach out to him for creative imprint, like input other yeah. than maybe just like a bare bones outline. Um, I just felt like it'd be weird to watch the show past the books because then it's like, is he going to try and deviate from the show or is he going to like borrow stuff from the show or? Well, he got himself a little... Uh a little preview of what the fans want. That's true. <laughs> He's definitely not going to do the same thing the show did. People right. fucking hate it. it. So that was probably the most left field thing in the episode for me. Like a lot of it, I kind of saw coming how it was handled. Maybe not, I didn't necessarily see it coming, but who ultimately ends up ruling not the seven kingdoms, the six kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, did you expect that person I heard a lot of people I'm trying to tiptoe around it I heard a lot of people but. say that that would happen but I think there are some serious character development issues with the way that he behaved not even that he was on the throne but though just the way he talks and interacts in the final episode was completely not on par with how he talks in the rest of the series, much less the season. Right. I mean, there was a line, I can't remember if it was season seven or season six, but he said something about, like, I want, like, I want nothing. I don't I really want anymore. Raven. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes from that to, like, oh, yeah, well, why do you think I came all this way? Yeah, it was like, so wait, is this, uh, 
Doctor Strange situation where like you looked into the future and you found the one possibility that would work out and you couldn't tell anybody or else it wouldn't happen. Like that's what it felt like. It just was sort of it wasn't out of the blue in terms of like they needed a solution and so they chose him to me. Like that sort of made sense. It was it was just that the way they put him in the position the way they portrayed him, the things that he said were garbage. Yeah. It was like, here's this like completely out of left field choice. And then everyone pretty quickly is like, here, here. Yeah, we agree. Except but there's one exception, which I thought was also kind of cheap. So there are seven kingdoms that are to be ruled over. And then uh, Sansa, who is basically Lord of the North, decides that they're going to remain independent as they were for thousands of years, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, okay, yeah. Like, no one even bats an eyelash at that. They're just like, okay. <laughs> or goes like, oh, it's that easy? Uh, we're also going to be independent. Why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Like, clearly this whole ruling over multiple kingdoms just inspires, like, you know, lust for power because you want yeah. to rule all that territory. It is very weird that they did that. And supposedly they have broken the cycle by burning the throne and putting somebody new in a position of power, but he still rules most of the world. I think the idea is that there won't be a direct heir. It'll be chosen. But we all know how that works in real history. You just reinstitute the lineage by direct heir after you get the throne. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things, lots of issues with how that stuff played out. But but we need to talk more about character arcs, because I feel like that's where you were getting your, your bubble, like, seriously burst. Yes. And thank God that they had a little reunion between John and the fucking dog, because those people on the internet were seriously starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> um, that specific detail, I was like... What, of who all even the things, notices that? Yeah. Like, who cares? That he of all the, the things to be upset about, you can interpret that as like. Oh, I don't remember if we already talked about this, so I'm gonna move on. But uh, <laughs> okay, so Tyrion, how do you feel about how things played out for him? Did he did he go from being a little bitch back to being his, uh, you know, his former self in your eyes? I think that his arc was not necessarily unsatisfying but it felt a little fake like he had here's someone who committed treason essentially gets let off the hook and is restored back to his previous like position of power and then here you have someone else who like may have been influenced by Tyrion, but here's someone who like actually carried out an act that saved the seven kingdoms Mm -hmm. and he is turned into essentially a pariah Mm mm-hmm but Tyrion, like, there's no sort Tyrion's of, like... treason was much less severe. But he had committed treason in more ways than one. I mean, there were multiple times over the course it's, of his character. still arc. doesn't... It doesn't compare in terms of importance. Well, sure. But I just mean, like, the fact that these are two... There was... There's one person in particular who really thinks that Jon should suffer for what he did. Yeah. He also says Tyrion should suffer, and like when he's elected hand of the king or whatever, uh, uh, Grey Worm, who we're talking about, makes it come like that's not good enough. And then I forget. I think maybe it's Bran who says like, "Oh, he'll he'll, wor- he'll have to yeah. work to repair his mistakes." It's like that's such bullshit rationale. And Grey Worm's yeah. just like, "Okay, yeah, sure." Yeah, he also some... just goes along with the whole like, "We're just gonna pick a new king." And Grey Worm's like, "Yeah, fine." I can see why you're upset how they got there to all these different endings 
But I think the character endings, in in large part, make sense and are appropriate for the characters. Well, Tyrion's arc in particular is not the one that I was the most upset about. I was most upset about, uh, well, one, Jamie and Cersei from the previous episode. John's arc. It was a poetic death. It was, it was Cersei and Jamie. Yes, it was beautiful. It was not beautiful. It was beautiful. It was such bullshit. No, Cersei finally ran out of options. She finally became vulnerable. She expressed her true feelings, kind of like how we saw her when she was like totally busted up in the uh, the old dungeon. Yeah. <clears throat> and then she got she squished went by rocks. Yeah. Sounds lame. That's not sad. Yeah, that's not satisfying. <laughs> but Jamie, like, here's Jamie who has been on a path of redemption for essentially the entire series has made significant strides towards doing that goes from being like, so the split between Jamie and Cersei is that Cersei has always been like kind of the best villain that the show has had, but clearly a villain compelling villain, but a villain. And then Jamie has been like upwardly trending, evolving as a person even develops a little side fling thing that ultimately is not paid off and then what happens they abandon all of that for some sort of cheap like well love is more powerful than anything else in the world he went back to his sister it's still but it's a twisted love and they make that very clear it's not a it's not a a a pretty like it was a quick turn though like even an episode before that time Time is your main concern like. here, again, with Jamie in particular. I think Cersei's character, I think there wasn't an issue with time. She just actually got trapped, finally. Um, okay. Arya, I gotta say, the weird horse imagery at the end of the episode. What was the that all about? The penultimate episode turned out to have nothing to do with the final episode, and that was stupid. That, that was like an impactful moment it was yeah. weird i was like what is happening but it was like meaningful yeah and then turns and out then what was meaningful. the fucking point of that right yeah. and then like like i said when we were texting it seems like they're basically setting up aria so that they can continue her story in like a side like a spin-off for game of thrones because she like i'm not super upset about the fact that she decides she wants to leave westeros like that's not my my issue it's that Ultimately, like, she killed the Night King, sure, but there were multiple bits of her character arc that were just completely dropped and ended up having no, like, impact on the greater story. Like, the, um, prophecy where she was supposed to kill someone with brown eyes, blue eyes, and green eyes. She got the they, blue eyes. They just brought that back. Yeah, she got blue for eyes. For the blue eyes. They brought it back for blue eyes. But she hadn't gotten green eyes yet. Oh, she's killed so many people. That doesn't count. You know, the other yes, two people does. were very significant Who characters. was Brown? Brown was, um, pretty early on. She killed, uh, like, it was right after, f- fuck, who was it? Didn't she kill Littlefinger? Yeah. I thought he had blue eyes. Littlefinger? No, I think he had brown eyes. Hmm. So anyway. Who cares? <laughs> so, so, but real, also... Real fans care. <laughs> the many faces thing, that was like a whole season and a half of her character arc. Yeah. After that was over, it never came back. Oh, she learned those moves. It though. would have been so... And also, Cersei was on her list. Like, they go up to the... the, the um, you can't the give... You can't give one band member all the solos. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to. <clears throat> they should have done that. Like, if Cersei yeah. had worn Jamie's face 
and then go to meet Cersei, and Cersei like has that same moment. No, because then that, she fucking no, she fucking it would have been too Cersei much. It would have been like Mission Impossible two if they if they she did that. That I would have lost my fucking mind if they wait. Did that. Literally, where her face? Yeah, so you'll get there. Okay. It's a whole thing. It's not worth. It. But okay. they abandoned that whole yeah. part of her arc. I'm no not so reason. much upset with that as I am like. Like the Sand Snake episodes from whatever season that was. Just drop all those and add a couple episodes to the end of this season. You're good. <laughs> You're good to go. But it was just frustrating that, like, I feel like they knew where they wanted to go and they just accelerated. They got there. But along the way, I feel like so much was lost. So yeah. much was dropped. Hit a couple potholes. I yeah. don't know how <laughs> you write the, the script for season seven and say, yeah, this will work. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we cut corners in like four times as many places as we usually do. Do we think people will care? <laughs> nah. And well, it's just be cool. <laughs> it's especially frustrating when you compare the approach from early seasons to like the ending seasons. Like something as simple as like the geography of the world. It yeah. used to take like half a season yeah, for it a used character. To be meaningful. Yeah, now it's like within an episode, characters can go from the north to King's Landing. Fast travel. That's like essentially that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, like, they unlocked fast travel in season seven. <laughs> so there, I mean, there's lots of things in nitpick, like the fact that Bran knows the past, the future, and the present. If that is the case, does he know the future? Yeah, he does. He know he sees all of time. It's it's like a rival. So how many spin-off so series annoying. are there? Does he know? <laughs> he hasn't revealed yet. But then that opens up a whole thing because that means he knew the whole time that he was going to be king, right? He knew this whole time. So that either means that he can have no impact on time. So because if he knew how things were going to plan out, with that knowledge he could make choices that would you would think sever off those ties, but if he doesn't have that ability, because he would be complicit in the murder of basically like a hundred thousand people if he knew that Daenerys was going to destroy King's Landing and murder all those innocents. That makes him complicit if he knew that was going to happen. But if he can't change it, then it's just like stupid that he's a king in the first place. Because he, what's the point of ruling if he? already knows everything that's going to happen and can't actually make choices. You know what I mean? Like, it just opens up a whole can of worms. Yeah, I mean, you're going down a road that nobody can guide you on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're kind of right there, but it's like... Uh, I mean, he's a bad character. There should be no Three-Eyed Raven. It didn't contribute to the story in a meaningful way. Right. And it's very confusing. Bran was a much better character when he spoke and was being dragged around. I do think it's pretty funny, though, that Jamie was the Kingslayer and in the very first episode tried to kill Bran, who ultimately ended up becoming the king, you know? Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, he didn't know have any way of knowing that at the time, but it's still pretty funny to think about. Real quick, um, this is somewhat Game of Thrones related. Should we be excited or nervous about the Game of Thrones creators taking on the new Star Wars trilogy? nervous well no they have proven that when they're (laughs) given material to work with they can like adapt it what do you mean new star wars trilogy they're getting their own star wars trilogy well what's the source material do we even know or is it all new material or like i don't know it's core star wars i'm assuming they're not gonna i don't know if they've been hired to write the screenplays though 
So I think they're, they're literally just, just like the creator heads, or they're like, like directing, and and you know like probably oh, like creative influence, but the cinematography, the the be- beauty of the and magnitude of the last season was awesome. Oh, all yeah. the shit with dragons was so good. That stuff was cool. Like all of the moments of spectacle, I thought were really cool. But that isn't really what I liked about Game of Thrones. Like when that stuff happened, it was awe-inspiring. Yeah. But it was the the espionage and the political intrigue and the rate the characters that actually like made it a good show. I thought you were gonna say race. So did I <laughs> <laughs> not that. That's also problematic about the show, but uh, you know what I mean? And then this season was more about racing toward a conclusion and the spectacle that came along with that, as opposed to like yeah. actual character development that makes sense. So uh, so what's next? What's the next cultural phenomenon? Uh, is it going to be... Hopefully Big be Little Lies. Hopefully that catches on. How about that, sh- that show they keep previewing before Game of Thrones? Euphoria? Yeah. Looks it good. looks. I don't know what the fuck is that going on. That won't hit like Game of Thrones. No, but I think it looks close. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it does look cool. Maybe his dark materials. People are pretty excited about that. Yeah. What's that? Uh, the Golden Compass books, or I think the, it's called His Dark oh. Materials is the name of the books. But the Golden Compass, that movie they made. Yeah, this is a TV show that's uh, okay. like actually leaning into like the dark uh, parts on HBO. Yeah, oh, okay. it's got uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, James McAvoy is in it. You've probably seen it. I mean, me and you were just talking about the promos that they're doing yeah. before stuff right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them, so it might have. Amazon's making a Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, series. Westworld looks like it's going in a completely different direction. Yeah, I didn't see a. I haven't seen a preview. Really? It's, I didn't finish season two. It takes place like in the future, two. but outside of the. Or, just giving up. Aaron Paul is like the main character, and new, it's like set in a series, just like the modern day like city. Like it's not. Well, it is maybe future. Like a futuristic it is future, city, but, it's, but like, it's not like the West World or whatever. Not a theme park. No, no. Well, from what we can tell, is it connected <laughs> in any way, or did they just yes, give up? Yes, because Chloe, what's her name, Chloe Savigny, isn't she in that show in that series? No, who's the blonde? So. Who's the blonde chick? Yeah, it's it's not Evan her. Rachel. Evan Rachel Wood. Wood is she in Westworld? Yeah, I think it's her. At the end of that trailer, she like she's like in the yeah the tunnel or whatever. So there's clearly a connection because she shows up. She Talk must about have... bad character development. I didn't watch that show, but wasn't she part of the simulation? You didn't watch it at all? I watched like the first two episodes. Oh. I need to rewatch season one. I don't remember anything about it. and I need to still watch season two. Season one's awesome. Season two, not awesome. Hmm. <laughs> that seems like it has somewhat of a following. Not like Game of Thrones, but it seems pretty popular. Uh, I think people, a lot of people turned on it yeah. in season, season two. two. Yeah, yeah, I went True Detective. <laughs> went the way of true detective bummer it's all about barry now yes which we'll, we'll talk about that later but uh this is not a game of thrones podcast or a tv podcast even so we should probably move on there's we yeah. could go over this all day but we can tom and i can do that off air we'll mm-hmm. talk a little more tv later though okay it is time for the john wick chapter three parabellum review we have a clip let's listen in York Public Library. You got it. 
change of plan. The Continental. Can you see that he's received by the concierge? Yes, sir, Mr. Wayne. Good dog. Okay, John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Plot synopsis reads, Super assassin John Wick is on the run after killing a member of the International Assassin's Guild. And with a $14 million price tag on his head, he is the target of hitmen and women everywhere. Director Chad Stahelski returns. Film stars Keanu Reeves, Halle Berry, Ian McShane, and Lawrence Fishburne. With some other familiar faces popping up. So, undeniably, at least for this podcast, one of the most anticipated movies of the year. All three of us are pretty big, to varying degrees, pretty big John Wick fans. Huge. Yep. So, who wants to start on this one? I'll start. Because I know you guys are probably going to have a cream fest here in a minute. So, <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> me and Tom will power up before we go Super yes. Saiyan in a minute here. I uh, liked it quite a bit. Um, don't know if I liked it more than the second one. Might like it as much or more as the second one on a rewatch. Uh, thought the action was pretty awesome. Definitely the standout of this movie and just the franchise. Probably some of the best action in the franchise in this movie. But like everything surrounding the action, I didn't really care about. It didn't really feel like it expanded the story as much, like at least compared to the second one. It felt like it kind of just like was playing in the water of the second one. And I was expecting it to go to the next level and it just kind of like stayed there. And I feel like... This happens with like TV shows, but it almost feels like they were like slowing down the story a bit just so they have more for the next movie. I can see where you're coming from, but to me, it felt like that's been the main criticism lobbied at chapter two is that there was too much of that world building stuff. That was my favorite, though, like the way that they fleshed out that world and if you actually look at the big picture, though, I don't think there's really significantly more world building in the second one. It was just all new information that kind of blew up the whole idea. Yeah. And then three, the the legwork has already been done in the previous movie. So they do kind of flesh that out a little bit more. But for sure, the focus is on every assassin in the world is coming after John Wick and he has to figure out a way to like get out of this mess. Um, I fucking loved it. It might be my favorite in the trilogy, which is a lot coming from me because I absolutely adore these movies. I think the action sequences are the best they've ever been. Just the way everything is choreographed. Less like, double taps this movie, which I was a fan of. Of the of less double taps. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there was definitely a focus on like hand to hand combat in this movie. I mean, yeah. it's always been in the previous movies, but some pretty spectacular sequences in this one. Um. I do have one thing that was kind of wasn't the most satisfying thing uh, regarding we can maybe talk about it in spoilers if we do spoilers but there was a seat above the high table what that ultimately ended up being wasn't super satisfying like it was just kind of like we'll get into it I'll get into more specifics but you expect 
something fucking crazy, right? Like, there's a seat above the high table, which is already this, like, super secret, powerful organization. It's like, what? what's this guy like? What could this be? And then the way it's presented was kind of, I don't know, anticlimactic, I guess. So that was a little bit of a boner kill. But from the scene right after that, <clears throat> boner back, balls of the wall action through the end of the movie, it was fucking nuts. <clears throat> I absolutely loved it. I don't remember the seat above the high table. The going out to the desert. Oh. That whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> that was lame. Yeah. Um, I loved it, but I'm with Travis mostly. Hey oh I, <laughs> I think it was just like a little less interesting this time around. Yeah. The world building wasn't new. Um which is fine, it doesn't need to be, but it it was almost like too flashy. It was almost too too much. You know, it didn't have any of the slow burn that the first and second movie work in at least a little bit. Because in the second movie, doesn't he have kind of like an interim after the opening scene where he's got like a little bit of time and... It's the same way in the first one. There's quite a bit of that. Yeah, processes, emotions. You got the gun sommelier stuff. I mean, I love, (laughs) like, my favorite part from John Wick 1 is just when he like is driving that that Mustang around or the Shelby around on the... uh, on the tarmac, you know? Just like, oh, yeah. as he drives toward <laughs> yes. the thing and slams on the brakes. Yes. <laughs> so good. I love that. Um, so those are just like a little bit more grim, a little bit smaller scale. But the action in the third movie is amazing. It's really something. That opening scene in the in the museum or wherever the hell they are. The oh knife my fight? God, the, the knife fight yeah. was like... Well, the, fir- the first the knife book? fight... Oh. <laughs> well, no, there's the book, there's the library scene, which was pretty cool, yeah, which kind of yeah. kicks off the whole thing. But then it's, yeah, it's like a knife museum or like a like a weapon. Did you guys know that the guy in, do you know who that guy is that was in the library? Who that guy is? Yeah. No. He's an NBA player. <clears throat> is he really? Yes. He plays who is he? Boban Marjanovic. <laughs> Boban is his name? Bo- Boban Marjanovic, Marjanovic, something like that. Bojanovic plays... Marjanovic, is that what you just said? Boban. <laughs> I'm not sure Don't how I can pronounce it. it. <laughs> I think it's Marjanovic. He is seven foot six. He plays Jesus for the 76ers. Right. Whoa, yeah, for real? Cool. Yes. Oh, I didn't know there was. No, he's a current NBA player. Jesus. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was fun. A lot of cameos in this movie. Um, yeah, I also, okay, part of it was I was really tired, like, uh, too tired to kind of power through it. I was yawning a lot, so that sucked. But, uh, I think, I think I've just seen the Continental Hotel one too many times, maybe. Maybe a little bit of franchise fatigue. Well, we're just in like, why are we in a mirror room in the hotel again? We just did this. That bugged me. You know? Like. To, to leave your, like, climax fight sequence and, like, have it be so similar to the one and two. Yeah. Like, just felt kind of weird. It was an upgrade yeah. and, like, a step up from the, the thing in two, but, like, it still just felt way too samey to, like, be like, this is the, the end action sequence of John Wick 3. I get what you're. I get what you guys are saying as far as like from a visual standpoint. Like maybe it was a little samey, but the circumstances were different. Yeah, but and also the way the fight is actually choreographed yeah. is way different because yeah, you also different. have the element of it's not 
all mirrors. A lot of it is right, just glass. like glass. So you have moments where the characters are using the glass of their advantage to catch, you know, catch the swords and fighting around that. And there's also a moment where John basically body slams a dude like through the floor of the glass and they fall down. Like I get what you guys are saying, but the reason I love these movies is for the fight choreography. Yeah. Like, they don't hide behind the editing like you'd see in a lot of movies. Like, the camera movement in these movies is not very flashy. Like, it's expertly choreographed fight sequences where it actually, like, you feel the hits as they're happening, the knife cuts. Like, it's digital blood and stuff with the guns and the knives and stuff, but it, it looks pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Action, five stars across the board, no Seven problem. Seven stars. Yeah. But everything else surrounding the movie... Not necessarily here's, five stars. I think here's... <laughs> if I had to pick one thing that I would change about the movie... Make it shorter. I didn't like... <laughs> just like I didn't really like Ruby Rose's character in the second movie, I didn't like uh, whatever the Iron Chef dude's name is. <laughs> I didn't like his character in this movie. And the reason I didn't like him is because I prefer John Wick to be like... You know, I prefer the John Wick that people are afraid to talk about, you know? Not the John Wick that's like a superhero to everybody. Because they're all talking about him like they fucking love him. You know, he's been around for years. If everybody loved him so much, they would have been talking about him like that in the first... Maybe his legend has grown even more in the last however amount of time takes those movies take place over. But Well, it's mostly just that character who was like fangirling mm. over him. I've, aren't there several characters that kind of do that? Not that I, I mean, his posse, like, there's the other two. Yeah. Were those guys from the raid? Or one at of least them one was. of them? Yeah. He was the in the crazy dude. knife fight. Yes. From, yep. Yeah. So yes. fitting that he was in another fucking crazy knife fight yeah. in this movie. Um, those two were like, it's an honor from to the fight raid you. movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you also have to think about it, like, those are Japanese <clears throat> characters, or at least the main, like, they're supposed to be like a japanese syndicate basically like assassin syndicate mm-hmm. and like in their culture like honor is a big deal so for them to like be given the honor to like do battle with this guy who's like a legend like that didn't bother me i thought it was kind of cool but one thing i will say but they can still go two against one three against one he's fucking john wick yeah of course of course they have to do that but so here's <laughs> i that makes me feel a little bit better to think that it's just their little posse that does that i may be i mean maybe there are other examples that i'm just not thinking of where they were kind of like fawning over him but yeah um one thing that you definitely do do not get in john wick two and three that made the first john wick so like simple but perfect is you don't know how big of a badass john wick is yet so as the first movie progresses yeah he'll just like he'll get like there's the scene where he goes into the nightclub and the security guard like yeah. john knows and he's like you know what you should go home take the night off or something <clears throat> he's like thanks john like john just knows everybody <laughs> and there's people who like when he uh when the guy first gets the call that his son like theon Greyjoy, uh stole john wick's yeah. car he's just like oh and then hangs up the yeah. phone, you know? Like, you don't get that in 2 and 3. Yeah. So, like, you'll never really be able to capture, like, how cool that was. But, like, it's just, like, building on the John Wick mythology. Like, there are so many times where I was like, I don't know how the fuck he's going to get out of this. But mm. he always finds a way. Like, the energy that they have in that, that call center with all the tattooed women who are, like, that that stuff was pretty cool. Yeah. Weird, quirky little things like that. Mm-hmm. And I actually... So, I just read an article today... Um, if so it was written by like a non-binary author talking about how 
this was one of, if not the only time uh, she's seen like non-binary representation in like a piece of popular media that didn't feel forced. And she was referring to the adjudicator, mm. uh, the one who's like, you know, overseeing the whole thing and kind of visiting and like basically determining what the consequences are of the second movie. And that actor apparently identifies as non-binary, and she apparently said it's canon that that character is non-binary. I mean, she's very androgynous. Um, I, I think I technically should be using they pronouns, but um, come on, Matt. Yeah, drop the ball <laughs> on that one. But <laughs> like, that's just really cool. Like, you have this movie that's essentially like at its core, kind of an aggro, like macho revenge fantasy, right? But then you have these like little moments like the call center being these like badass tattooed women who are just like all kind of wearing the same uniform, but they're like smoking cigarettes and like working in the super secret mm-hmm. society that's super cool. And then like even Ruby Rose to an extent in chapter two, um, you know, just like, like playing with gender, not playing with it, like actually using like significant non-binary gender representation and not calling attention to it or like using it in a way that's like a lot of the time villains are presented as like being androgynous or like in sci-fi like they kind of blur gender to kind of make yeah. it like post-futurism but i just thought that was cool like i hadn't seen that perspective so the fact that people out there are like really enjoying the movie not just as an action movie but also just like you know putting uh giving space for someone who is not necessarily always represented in the best way in media an opportunity to like be kind of a cool character like she doesn't really do anything but there's this like she carries this power around or i keep using the wrong pronouns but you know what i mean like that character has an air of of like menace about them but you don't actually see them do anything they like never fight you know what i mean mm-hmm. but everybody seems to like really kind of respects the office if that makes sense of the adjudicator you know what i mean yeah does that make sense am i making yeah. sense here no, 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 yeah. makes sense. <laughs> they didn't uh avengers endgame it yeah it's not yeah <laughs> so um i guess we don't we don't really need to do spoilers on this movie but well i have one thing maybe we should That's i was gonna start spoiler. talking about like what's your favorite action sequence but that might be a little spoilery um this movie does end in a way i like i don't know if you guys saw this but there's already a release date for chapter four so i was gonna say i had no idea there was gonna be a chapter four did you guys know it wasn't planned or announced i thought for sure chapter three was it it was a trilogy i knew from the early impressions like when the movie was screening for critics there were some critics saying like it leaves it open for chapter four or whatever but it big time yeah leaves it open for chapter four. Oh yeah it's not the same like oh fuck moment that you get from the end of chapter two where you're just like yeah. holy shit like the whole fucking world is out to get john wick at this point not quite the ending of two is pretty awesome yes i think we do need <laughs> to talk about how that went down at the end of three because I, I have questions okay so any other general impressions before we kind of get into more specifics about the movie? Um, Spoilery specifics. I did think the movie looked pretty awesome. Yeah, it looked awesome. I mean, anything that's neon and wet yeah. looks good. But. <laughs> I feel like that's something that they've definitely improved on since the first John Wick. Yeah. Like, John Wick does look good. It doesn't look bad, but I won't say it looks good. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as flashy with well, the set design. Did you know the, the cinematographer is the same as Shape of Water, which totally makes sense. Like, if you 
Just with like the floating, like fluid camera movements and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I did not know that, but that's cool. Yeah. Um. Okay, Tom. Any other uh, general impressions? We still have to do our star ratings. Uh, I was gonna ask you guys if the music stood out to you. I'm not remembering anything in particular, but I always dig the music. I like that there wasn't like a super corny like John Wick Chapter Two had that Marilyn Manson song. Which I had, it's like a love, or maybe it was the first John Wick. I like that one. I like it, but it's also bad. It's like super on the nose. The music is not good. That's a a nod to the Matrix. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you have that uh, Dragula or whatever in the Matrix. Which, you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that is a good song. Sure, Uh, but I thought it was good for the movie. It fit, but it was like. I actually did look it up after that movie came out and listened to it, and I was like, "Mm, mm, I'm not going to listen to this. Yeah, it's not good. There wasn't any standout songs like that. No. Come to think of it, I mean, there's like the John Wick theme. It's like a, it's like the the like the humming in the background, and you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like the main kind of theme of John Wick. There's like a percussion thing in the background. I think you need to give yeah. me more than a dun, percussion <laughs> dun, drums. You know, <laughs> uh, it's I it's did like like uh, ambient sounds. I did like Halle Berry quite a bit in it. Kind of wish there was more of her. Oh, I can. I can hear it now. <laughs> <laughs> Halle Berry was cool. Yeah, they mm-hmm. had a pretty extended fight scene. I don't know how I felt about the spotlight being taken away from John Wick. You know what I mean? Like, she was kind of his partner and during that big battle sequence. Like, the dog stuff was really cool. But there was also a part of me that Spoilers. was like... <laughs> like Come on, John you, Wick, like bring John John Wick back. Gotten enough of John Wick I haven't. In the box. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that is the thought that ran through my head. Like, well, honestly, <laughs> I think I was just like, I don't really like this setting very much. Get him back in grimy cities. I don't know. I kind of like the the castle thing that they had going on in that scene. It was basically like a converted like fort. It's not that it wasn't cool to have a fight in. It was just like everything that happened overseas, I could have, you know, could have taken or left. The dogs were awesome, but they could have been used in a different situation. Not as cool as the horses, though. Not as cool as the horses. <laughs> I can't wait until somebody uh, sings Old Town Road up with that fight scene where they're on the horses. <laughs> it's going to be great. All right, you guys want to drop right. some star ratings on this bad boy? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'm at a four currently, but I have a feeling it'll go up to a 4.5 on a rewatch. It's five out of five for me. I'm at a four and a half, floating toward a five. Really need a rewatch. So I know we've only seen the movie once, but if you had to rank the trilogy right now, how would you rank it? Two, one, three. In which order? Mm-hmm. Top, to, top bottom. to bottom? Yeah. I think I would do 213, but maybe 123. I think 213. 213. Two, two really ratchets up the gun kata and still has some amazing standout scenes. Oh, yeah. That opening sequence with the car. The tunnels with the shotgun. Also great. <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm kind of feeling three, two, one. That could change because the only real—they're all really close, though. If you were to give them like a number score out of a hundred, like they'd be relatively like, like probably within like 
10 of each other. I mean, I, you gotta say, like, it's, it's gotta be one of the best trilogies that we've ever had in movies. Like, that's a big thing in movies, yeah. trilogies. But, like, if we're looking at quality, like, all three of them are pretty fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like, what can you say that about? Like, Lord of the Rings. Planet of the Apes. No, I yes. would not say that about Planet Those of the are Apes. all three great the movies. The first one <laughs> is fine. You've only seen it once, right? Yes. Okay. Watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> the third one's fine. The first one's fine. Two is the standout there. Uh, well, yeah. It's just like the Batman trilogy. I would say the same thing great. about the Batman. I would say the same thing about the Batman trilogy. Batman Begins is or pretty good. The Dark Knight trilogy. The Dark Knight is amazing. Dark so Knight we Rises think that uh, the first three John Wick movies are better than the the Dark Knight trilogy. Yes, I would absolutely say that. Uh, I would not. As a I whole, I think I would say it. As a whole, I would take the Dark Knight trilogy over John Wick trilogy. I would rather watch. I love Batman Begins. It rocks. Almost as good as Dark Knight. Would you rather have yes. the John Wick trilogy <laughs> or Dunkirk, Inception, Interstellar, and Interstellar? I don't. That's kind of a fucked up question. I don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> Dunkirk is easily my favorite of the three, which I'm probably in the minority, at least at this table, with that opinion. I think you might be the only one in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll let you die on that hill if you want to. But like, God, are we gonna rank Nolan movies? Those aren't my <laughs> we favorite. Gotta do it. <laughs> Inception or Interstellar aren't like. I know that's why I did this to you. Well, it's tough. Then you make it tough on me. But you got to go with the best one of them all, which is Dunkirk. No, Interstellar this... is the best of of these six movies in the playing field right now. No, no, no. Interstellar no. is the best one. Dunkirk is easily John Wick is better <laughs> than Interstellar. Yes. I would actually probably like. I probably like. You ain't. You have Interstellar at the bottom in that in that three movie sequence, huh? Uh, you like Inception more than Interstellar? I, they're pretty close, but I don't love them as much as other people do. Mm. But I love Dunkirk. Dunkirk is cream de la creme. <laughs> Disappointed. <laughs> uh, you sat in the second row. Your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> I also sat in the front row of my living room and the plane. Oh, you did rewatch it, right? Wait, did you watch Dunkirk on the plane? I think I watched it. Maybe rewatched it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to feel like I was part of it. That's a travesty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay, I have a spoiler thing yes. that I need to discuss, yes. and then I'm fine to move on, which is... Uh, do we all agree that what's his face, the owner of the Continental, what's his name? Winston. Do we all agree that Winston intentionally did not kill John Wick? He shot him in both shoulders in his bulletproof jacket over the edge of the building that he knew had the slopey thing and he knew it was going to be a rough fall. But if there was any chance that he was going to live, it was going to be like that. Yeah, I, he's, I think he, so. he's fucking Baba Yaga. Like, you can't kill him. Yeah. He knew, like, I'm going to shoot him in the shoulder. Yeah, it's like 15 stories, but he'll be fine. Like, <laughs> he was pretty fucked up. But I think, yeah, I think the movie kind of wants to make you think he did it on purpose. That would be a pretty hard character turn, though, because Winston's yeah. a pretty awesome character. Yeah, he's a great character. So I was definitely shocked when that happened, and they try to play it off like it was actually like a, a bad move. But yeah, I think I'm on your side. I think um, I think he knew because uh, the the receptionist guy, like the 
receptionist, whatever, like the lobby manager, whatever his, that character's name is. Mm-hmm. I have the list pulled up here. He was great too. I love that moment where they're like uh, kind of defending the Continental at the end, and he also is like suiting up with John Wick, and they're gonna fight mm-hmm. together. And then they have to go back in for the the heavier firepower. Yeah. Did you like the uh, Matrix nod? What Matrix guns, nod? lots of guns. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty. That was cool. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a Matrix nod, but now that you say that, I'm like, oh okay. Of course. Yeah. John Wick doesn't say it though, right? I recently just rewatched all the Matrix movies, so they're fresh. I think he does. Yeah, he does say it. He is the one who says it? Yeah. Okay. I think Winston says something like, What do you need? And he's like, Guns. You're right. Lots You're of right. guns. Yeah. <laughs> I just I love that. I mean, I love that there's this like similar to like the uh this is a weird comparison, but similar to the Judd Apatow movies, like this kind of feels like like the Matrix family just having fun making movies with friends and like mm-hmm. inviting in former Matrix alumni and like mm-hmm. ra- like uh, Matrix nods and I don't know I like they they're obviously not literally in the same universe but I like that the they're not like nod to it yeah I appreciate that as a fan of you know the Matrix um, I think that stuff is cool it's fun you know it's just a fun movie the John Wick movies are so fucking fun they're yeah. fun yeah. They are tops. So pretty kick ass. I want to talk about this favorite fight sequence across the trilogy. And kind of the main reason why I want to talk about it is Travis's pick. Well, I won't say anymore. <laughs> Travis, go ahead. The floor is yours. Uh, I think my favorite is probably the opening sequence from the second one. I just think it's a lot of fun. It's got a car. Get a load of this guy. <laughs> Do you even remember what happens yes, in the opening sequence? I do. He knocks off the door. He like I'm pretty sure he grabs somebody while he's driving it's the car. It's so awesome. It's, it's awesome, not. but it's I didn't cool. even I didn't even think about it until I remember you like creaming over it when we did the review. It was a cool opening to the movie, but it's not like what specifically in that scene stands out to you as being like the coolest shit ever. Um I don't I just think it's a lot of fun. Like the way it's shot and like just like using a car as a weapon, I think is a cool idea. I think using a horse as a weapon is way cooler than using a car as a weapon. People use cars huh. as a weapon all the time. Name more than one example. Literally any movie where someone gets run over by a car. Oh my god! Come on, <laughs> there's got to be hundreds. It's not like John Wick was just running over people. He did. He was like tail whipping people. Yeah, that's but... cool. <laughs> it's not that cool. Uh, that's probably one of my favorites. Or like. Probably the the knife fight from the third one. That, that was, pretty, was awesome. pretty fucking awesome. Or the tunnel scene in the second one is pretty badass. Yeah, the catacombs. When he yeah. gets that shotgun. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that's probably that's probably oh, actually, my favorite. Not that it's my favorite, but when John Wick is reloading the shotgun in the third one, cream. <laughs> He's so fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but remember in the second one when he has to hold the guy down with the barrel while he loads oh, in yeah. another one, and then <laughs> that was pretty good explodes too. his chest. Yeah. There's just like just I think give him a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the reason why these movies are so effective is that they gave Keanu so much weapons training, and he's really fucking good at. It. Yeah, like just watching him, like it's just awe-inspiring seeing him like flip out a clip, grab another one, pop it in, in the span of like a second and a half. Like, oh yeah, no, we take the action in these movies 
movies for granted. Like, no movie is really coming close to this. That's why I appreciate it so much, because the only thing that even comes close, I think, is the two raid movies. Yeah. And even then, there's more of an emphasis on, like, hand-to-hand combat. I think the final scene in this movie gives the knife fight from the raid 2 a run for its money. Like, both... I'm going to rewatch spectacularly. both raid movies soon. I would also like to do that. You have them both on your, like, voodoo, right? I should, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I don't know what my favorite is. I probably would go with the Catacombs just because I think it's the best blend of, like, John Wick really hitting his stride and the way that it took me by surprise when I first saw it. Because I'd seen him do crazy stuff by the time we got to uh the third one you know like even with the knife style knife fight stuff like there was stuff with common in the second movie and parts where he had to like you know pound the knife to get it into somebody or whatever um and the pool scene the nightclub scene from the first movie is a standout but i think that was just because it was so surprising i think in comparison well, from like a choreography exactly <laughs> exactly i think from a, a choreography standpoint it probably doesn't hold up but um i don't know i also feel like i'm forgetting so many that i just can't the movies are packed remember. packed with so many like standout sequences like it's almost annoying that there's so many amazing action sequences that it's like it's almost like there aren't any standouts because they're all so amazing. Like, I can recall, like, even from the first movie alone, like, the very first action sequence after they murdered the his dog. Yeah. And they come back to the house. That's the great. first time you actually see him open a can of whoop ass. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. Like, if you actually look at, like, one, the scale, two, the choreography, like, it doesn't compare to any of the others. But if you just, like, a, like a gut reaction to seeing that, like, give credit where credit's due. Like, it's pretty memorable. The motorcycle sequence was pretty awesome in this one, but I almost wish it was a little bit longer. It was a little short. Yeah. yeah. It was also kind of unclear how they filmed it. Kind of seemed like maybe they were working with green screens or something, but I don't um, think they were. I saw some like behind the scenes clips. It looked like there was just like a camera on a rig attached to a car, but it's like a really small camera with like a rig that like just moves around a bunch and i feel it or i'm not 100 percent sure but i think there's like technology now where you can like program the camera movements to like like pre preset the movements of the camera and then like just let it go or move on its own yeah which takes a lot of planning like yeah again going back to the way these fights are choreographed it's like, like a surgery it's so impressive <laughs> like it's so impressive to think about how they're able to pull all this shit off Without doing all these crazy cuts, like doing behind the scenes, like movie magic, like making it look presentable. Like it, it's all happening right there in front of the camera. Yeah. Pretty cool. This team, I don't really know any of them, but they're amazing. Yes. Well, the director is was a stunt coordinator on the Matrix movies. Did you oh, know that? Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Oh, did you guys see that uh, co-director of John Wick 1, director of Atomic Blonde? David Leach. David Leach. He's, he's doing that Hobbs and Shaw movie? Yeah, I did know that. So, Hobbs and Shaw. But, Fast and Furious presents. Oh God! But <laughs> I think it looks fun. Deadpool no. Two was trash, and uh, Atomic Blonde was cool, but it was just like lesser John Wick. He didn't wait. Did he do Deadpool Two? Mm-hmm. David Leach, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie was trash. <laughs> 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 yeah, because I thought it was Tim Miller again, but it wasn't. He didn't come back nope. for the second one. Okay. All hail John Wick. Perfect segue into Detective Pikachu. 
Deadpool 2. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you guys want to say about John Wick before we move on to Pokemon Detective Pikachu? Can't wait for chapter four. I also can't wait. Hey, we only have to wait two years. It's actually coming out. It's okay. So the current schedule release date, two years from today's date, May 21st, 2021. I'm going to mark my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. It's my, dad, it's my dad's birthday and I still haven't talked to him. I got to call him after birthday. Yeah. If you guys want to give a shout out. Has he seen John Wick yet? I don't, he, he's kind of a wait until red box mm. kind of guy. But he's, he's a fan. I'm assuming. Oh, right? oh yeah. My dad is the one who got me into action movies. Like he showed me Terminator 2 when I was like three and a half years old. And the only part he made me close my eyes to in Terminator 2 was when, uh, the, the T-1000 like turns his finger into a knife and mm. puts it through his mom's head. Yeah. And she's just like hanging there with the blood dripping out. That's the only part that he made me close my eyes during. I saw Predator when I was like six years old. Like my dad made me the person I am today. I saw Predator at a very young age. <laughs> he took me to see Black Hawk Down when I was nine years old. Oh my god, that's a pretty fucking violent movie. I never saw that movie. Oh yeah. Well, really, Black Hawk Down? Yeah, it's pretty good. Huh. That's a solid war movie. It's no Dunkirk, but I would much rather watch Black Hawk Down than Dunkirk. You are high. take that to the bank. You are high. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's segue into Detective Pikachu. How about it? Let's get into it. I'll All just right. turn off my mic. <laughs> Should probably just step out. All right, we have a <laughs> clip. Let's listen in. <sighs> so, Pikachu? Oh, jeez. Hey, little guy. How did you get in here? I know you can't understand me, but put down the stapler or I will electrocute... You! Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Wait, 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 wait. That is heavy eye contact right there. You heard me. No, no, yes, no. you did. Oh stop, my stop, god, stop, this stop, is amazing. Stop, stop, you stop, can understand stop, me. Stop. I've been so lonely. Okay, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. The plot synopsis reads, In a world where people collect Pokemon to do battle, a boy comes across an intelligent, talking Pikachu who seeks to be a detective. I feel like that, Travis, don't you think that's a little misleading? Because the, the whole kind of the whole thing of the movie is that in the specific city it's set in, Pokemon aren't used for battle. You know what right. I mean? Like for the synopsis to say, like, in a world where po- Pokemon do battle, like... Well, it's kind of the whole thing of the movie is it is a world that they battle in, but the city that the movie mostly focuses on doesn't battle. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it seems a little weird to me. Uh, directed by Rob Letterman. Any idea who this guy is? Yeah. What did this hack do before? I got, I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> he was a sports star in high school. That's for sure. Monsters versus uh, aliens. He's a jobber. Oh, dude. He did Shark Tale. <laughs> he's a job. Shark Tale kills. He's a... You ever seen Shark Tale? No. Shark Tale is great. Tom, Shark Tale? No. He's a kid's I movie have, jobber. I, I don't. I yeah, don't Shark Tale, it. Monsters vs. Aliens, Goosebumps. He did Gulliver's Travels with Jack Black. Hey, did you guys see the little video that Jack Black did for the finale? For Game of Thrones? Yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Didn't I send that to you guys? No. Or maybe I thought I was going to But I watched it. No, you it. sent it to me, but um, Sarah had also sent it to me. Mm. I thought of you guys when I saw it. Yeah. Jack Black is the man. <laughs> okay. Uh, the film stars... Ry Ry Reynolds, Justice Smith. Sorry, I fucking clicked away from it. Son of the bitch. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, Justice Smith. Oh, Ken Watanabe plays a detective. Cool to see him. Who's? What about the uh, the 
the the main guy not the well not the the main guy i don't want to spoil it but uh old guy who like created rhyme city or whatever bill nye of uh oh that movie uh about time did he is that he plays old yeah he plays uh glenn not what the fuck dom Uh, dom gleason's dad yeah yes and he was in Shaun of the dead too wasn't he bill nye yep isn't he in underworld yeah i think he's like he's either his mom's husband or it's his dad or whatever He's uh, either his mom's husband. Yeah, well, like, the they got remarried or whatever. I don't know if it's like his stepdad or his real dad. Who's? Domino uh, Gleason? No, the Simon Pegg. Oh, like he's related to Simon Pegg somehow. It's either his mom's like boyfriend or husband or his father. I can't uh, remember. Okay. Well, anyway. Oh, and then Catherine Newton. She's kind of the other main character. Um, Is that the love interest? Yeah. Yeah. She's been in other stuff, right? I recognize her. She's pretty young, but... Yeah, I recognize her from something. <laughs> he just put you his foot in his water bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, sorry for the distraction there. So, yeah, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. This is kind of the first live-action attempt set in the Pokemon universe. Um, I gotta say, I was a pretty huge... I still kind of am a pretty huge Pokemon fan. Like, I'm hyped on the new Pokemon games coming out later this year. I've played every single Pokemon game except... Like, every generation of Pokemon, I should say, except Diamond and Pearl, which is, like, Gen 4 or 5, something like that. Uh, I love Pokemon. So, I was I was excited for this. Expectations weren't super high, but... Uh, I will say it mostly delivered on my expectations. I thought it was a perfectly serviceable, fun, uh, well-produced kids movie. Yeah, it's it's a kids movie. Yeah, it's Pokemon, yeah. dude. Yeah. Well, you know, some some kids grew up with Pokemon, and now they're adults. And this was a wet fart. All right, so <laughs> I'll let you have the floor, Matt. For someone who cares about like writing so much in movies i can't believe that you are a fan of this what what did you find so like i didn't think it was super funny but i didn't think there were that many like horrible definitely what no no not not jokes like just the writing alone i feel like it was all over the place like stuff didn't really make sense like and we found out and then credits that it was written by four people so that kind of makes sense to why the movie doesn't make any sense i think it makes sense like there are lots of little conveniences and stuff that's very convenient like glossed over but yeah okay well we'll get into it but uh i as well uh grew up loving pokemon and was excited for this just because it was like the first live action pokemon movie I did not have fun watching this movie and thought about texting you halfway through the movie and saying, don't even bother, this is trash. But then I thought, no, I want you to sit through this. But you ended up enjoying it. So yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ryan Reynolds, net positive, net negative. He was good. He was negative, he was good. always negative. I do not like Ryan Reynolds. Never I'm- really liked him. He's always ruined movies. Blade 3, he was the worst part. Yes. <laughs> that movie, there's a lot of other things going on in Blade 3. But he's but the worst part. <laughs> I like Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool. No. Yeah. I like him in those movies. But you hate Deadpool too. Yes, but he wasn't the problem with it. Well, part maybe he was because I think he had a screenplay credit. Part of the problem. Uh, he's I, just not funny. I don't think he's that funny and he thinks he's, he's really funny. He's funny. But he does the same shtick over and over. And yeah, it's that's old, his thing. Okay? He's funny. It was Let's funny see. in like... Van Wilder days, but come on, bud. 
<laughs> it didn't really bother me in this movie, though. Like, he's yes. not really doing the Ryan Reynolds shtick. It's PG Deadpool, <laughs> is what he's doing. I see. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, Pikachu is cracking jokes, but I don't know. He's like kind of he's kind of bumbling. He's not a very good detective, but... No. <laughs> you don't suppose. I thought most of the humor was pretty bad, but just some of the writing just made no sense. Like, well, that might be getting into spoilers, but like, I'll just... Like the the purple gas, I'll just say the, the purple gas. That I feel like didn't really have clear rules. Like it affected people in different ways and didn't affect people during certain times, but then affected them during other times. It lasted longer during some times, but then it wore off quickly in other times. It was all over the place. I don't think so. I mean, it affects every Pokemon that I can think of, except Pikachu, which makes sense by the end. Okay, so... This is also kind of spoiler, but, but I'll be vague. So how does the main character understand the the Pikachu? Like, speaking English or whatever. Because, well, that is a spoiler. But how does that even make sense? It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> okay. I, okay, so you are right. I said the same thing to Haley. So I saw this with Haley, and I was like, how... How how does that make sense that he is the only one? Because I I get what you're saying. Because they tried to say that at the at least at the start they were like, oh, it's because I ingested the the purple gas. That was at least the thought that he had. That that's what he pieced yeah. together. And Haley's response was basically, well, they have a connection. They have a connection, so they can talk to each other. No, don't buy. That's it. good enough for kids. Don't movie, buy. It. <laughs> they don't have to explain uh, every little detail. The opening was bad. Oh, what? The Pidgeys flying no, over the no, no, orchard? Cubone no, no, no. uh, sure. in the field? Cool. That yeah, was great. Yeah, the two kids interacting with the Cubone or the Pokemon. I and like, like the Cubone. It thing. was like a tutorial of like, if you've never seen Pokemon, this is how it works. Yeah. It, it was so bad. I would have needed that. Even the Pokemon no. games do that. Yes. You no! Would, you would not. That's so basic <laughs> that you need to throw a Pokeball at a Pokemon and capture it. You need that? I've never seen Shut it. Up. Go. You gotta Go. see it. You gotta see the realistic Pokeball in his hand. And just the kids' interactions with. Well, yeah, his... that wasn't great. That was mostly just the main kid, Justice Smith. Not a great actor. Hey, he's fine. Right, Morrissey. See Morrissey. He was in goes. what Bumblebee? Um, oh, that's where he's from. Justice Smith. I think so. He was the Haley Lee Seinfeld's like kind of love interest. Oh, I thought those were different guys. They may be. I, th- I swear. No, 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 different. Because the the kid you're thinking of is also in Love, Simon. Yeah. But that's not the same kid. No? No. The one you're thinking of, I think, might be a little older. Oh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, (laughs) Hell yeah. Paper Towns. Okay, so these are other movies that I have seen. Okay. Um, I thought the actual designs of all the Pokemon were trash, except Pikachu. They all looked... Like, very smooth, not very textured. And, like, I just... And I know it's, like, probably, like, maybe my fault a little bit, but I couldn't get into the movie because, like, I couldn't believe that these characters or creature designs were in the real world. Like, I can believe Transformers in the real world because of the way they look, but not these Pokemon. I love the design of most They look of the so fake, though, compared to, like, live-action real life like i don't think they look any more fake than the dinosaurs in jurassic world yes they do i don't think so 
Yes, they do. The they, Bulbasaurs look pretty good at the end. They look decent, but like I thought, a lot of the like, yeah, most of mostly everyone except Pikachu looked bad. You can kind of see a little bit of a lack of detail when there's a big crowd of Pokemon. Like there might be a, a squirrel in the background that looks kind of mushy. That also I mean? bugged me. Where whenever you would get a group of Pokemon, it was always the same type of Pokemon. So I just feel like there wasn't enough dedication to, like, the designs of these creatures. And, like, I know that shit gets really expensive and, like, really tedious and time-consuming. And, like, I'm probably asking for, like, the $200 million version of Detective Pikachu, which I know I'm not going to get. But, like, I just couldn't get into it and thought they looked pretty bad. See, at this point, I think I'm so accustomed to CGI to being trash. in movies. No, no, no. <laughs> Dude, the, the special effects in the movie are pretty good. I don't really know. I think they look pretty good. No, I... By like, and large, they do. And I'm looking at, I like, screenshots and stuff. Like, sure, they they look like the the creatures that they're supposed to look like, but, like, they all look, they all look like they have the same kind of, like, texture to a degree. And then when you put them in the real world, it makes them look even worse. I, I So I think... It may just be you're having a hard time visualizing them because you are so used to them existing, like as in animation. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And I get like that's a that's kind of a hard hurdle to jump, right? Because you're so used to seeing these characters animated a certain way, so it's almost like kind of uncanny valley because you're so used to seeing these characters presented in in anime way than to see them with like the gritty detail, the scars of Charizard's face, and like I don't blame you like i can see why you'd have that reaction but they don't look real is what i'm saying and like the transformers look real in the transformers movies if that makes any sense yeah real but those are like robots they, though they're they moving cars moving parts with the like environment the aesthetic of the environment yeah. these do not mesh with their environment create a disagree i thought that i thought Without having, like, a crazy budget, like, I don't think they could have done a better job of doing, like, a real world. Right. And that's kind of what I was getting at with they need a much bigger budget to, like, appeal to me, but just didn't. But, like, I don't, I honestly, I don't have a ton to say about this movie, right? It is a kid's movie. Do they solve the mystery? Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Um, I also thought how they set up the whole city was kind of dumb and maybe problematic or kind of confusing because they say that rhyme city was created for pokemon to live side by side with humans and be like parts of society so we have like squirtle being a firefighter and like champ directing traffic or something like that mm-hmm. or like being a bouncer but like it just didn't make sense that like and they try to do the whole thing like, oh, they're not owned. They're their partners. Yeah. But then like they're supposed to have like their own lives and be their own thing. But then also they have a partner. Like it just seemed confusing and it just doesn't make sense. Like, no, I don't. I don't how, think how the hell would Pokemon function in the real world. Like and like them having their own <laughs> apartment and shit like that. Just like the Pokemon don't have their <laughs> own apartment. <laughs> So I don't think the Pokemon are supposed to 
exist independently like i don't think you have him a champ who's just like taking a shower in the morning putting on his traffic <laughs> directing uniform like they're paired up like all the firefighters have squirtles there were a ton of charmanders i don't know what the fuck charmanders were doing but like all they spit fire like what are they gonna do i, don't know, I feel like they were trying to make a statement about like oh you know they're not owned like this is a utopia but like it just didn't make, like why the fuck would they be working then like because they just coexist with their with their partners like their owners like pikachu is a detective i don't know j- you just want to keep the pokemon <laughs> at home keep them down not give them good paying jobs no. pay them less yeah no. so like ken watanabe is a perfect example because he's a detective perfect example good cop bad cop you got good cop ken watanabe Bad cop Snubble, who just like sits behind the desk and just kind of growls and stares at that people. That was like his like, only moment in the whole movie. So I don't know if you can really consider him bad cop. That was pretty good. He was clearly bad cop. Not funny. Good cop, bad cop. No. Great moment. Didn't laugh once. <laughs> uh, I laughed a couple I thought times. the finale was kind of cool during the parade. Yeah. I also thought the the moving moving Earth sequence with the uh, Tortugas or whatever the fuck they're called. I don't know. I wasn't familiar with that specific Pokemon. Not cool. You didn't think that was cool? It was almost like Inception, like the the, the land no. was bending, and I thought that was kind of a neat sequence. No. And also, I, I don't know why this really stood out to me, but like, why the fuck do characters in movies always, like, get caught in a situation where they're hanging from a ledge? <laughs> like, it happened at least twice in this movie. I'm like, th- I mean, obviously it's a trope, but like, there's so many movies where like, or moments in movies where characters are like hanging by a ledge. I've never and this, been hanging by a ledge before in my life. Neither yeah. have I. But this movie like pointed it out to me. I'm like, this fucker's done it twice. Yeah, it's a pr- it's a pretty generic script. Like I feel like for how wonky the premise of this movie is, they could have taken it a lot further than they actually ultimately ended up doing you know what i mean yeah um but i don't know i had a good time with it it was cool seeing pokemon in the real world i liked detective pikachu i just wanted to rub his belly the whole time because you can see like his fur he was he was cute like the way he was designed and everything and animated they did a great job with pikachu pikachu might be the cutest thing ever created (laughs) (laughs) like i can't think of a cuter like intellectual property like hello kitty get the fuck out of here like Pikachu might yeah. be the cutest thing. Yeah. I'm I can't think of anything cuter than Pikachu. I mean, can you guys? Hmm. Mm. Winnie the Pooh, maybe? I don't find him that cute. But... He's pretty cute. <laughs> Paddington Bear? Like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh yeah. is super cute. No, Pikachu is cute. Pikachu's than Paddington. cuter, though. Paddington's got a better screen presence, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe it was, like, the contrast, because you have Ryan Reynolds talking most of the time as Pikachu, right? I love Pikachu's voice. So they only you only hear Pikachu's real voice a couple of times, and when it happened, it like made me giddy, you know, because I just loved hearing it. Especially after hearing Ryan Reynolds like fucking ramble on, and yeah. Then you get to hear him talk like a Pikachu. I don't know. I, I like that. Did you like the uh, the apom moment or whatever? Where they go, they freak out and they uh, go ape shit. Yeah, they go ape shit. Yeah, that was giving me a huge Gremlins vibe. Huge. Yeah, they even kind of look like <laughs> Gremlins too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, without getting into spoilers, I don't know if we want to actual I don't actually spoil the ending, to. but the twist is fucking dumb. Yeah, <laughs> it is. This is not a great movie. I'm not coming out and saying this is a great movie. I'm just saying 
You I, are going to give it a positive oh, review, though. Yes, I am. Yeah, I, I enjoyed <laughs> it, but there's my enjoyment of the movie outweighed the stupid bullshit. Yeah, like uh, you can say, like maybe I let give this movie a pass because it's a kid movie, and maybe adult movies I will like grill them for their writing, but it's just about the tone you're going for how entertaining the rest of your movie is. I can still enjoy your movie, but acknowledge that it's brought down by some stupid screenwriting or maybe there's one too many tropes or... Because there is some stupid bullshit that happens in the plot that I was like, okay, that's dumb. Yeah. I didn't let it derail the experience for me, I guess. I did kind of like the idea of... Well, this is kind of a spoiler, but... I'll try and be vague and say... Instead of saying it, I'll just say it kind of has a Ready Player One vibe in a sense. By the end of it, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I see what you're saying. But... Shmavatar. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you going to rate this bad boy? Unless there's something else you want to bring up. But... Two turds out of five. Really? Yep. Just like that much, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three and a half out of five. You're crazy. I had a good time with this movie. I don't know if I would necessarily recommend seeing it. Would you ever watch it again? Yeah. You're crazy. I don't think I, I wouldn't. <laughs> like, I'm not going to pre-order the 4K or anything, but. Steelbook is kind of cool for it. If it goes up on Netflix, like, yeah, I would watch it again. Did Haley see it with you? Yeah. Did she like it? Yeah. And she doesn't even really care about Pokemon. Mm. If she liked it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I'm in the minority on this one because it is uh Positive on Rotten Tomatoes, which I also find kind of crazy. Morrissey. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I feel kind of like a jerk for just trashing a kid's movie, but I just couldn't get into it. And I have a special place in my heart for Pokemon, and this just kind of soured it a bit. Oh, did you? Morrissey You you probably didn't even notice, but Diplo was in the movie. I was trying to get him to meow into the mic, you, but it didn't work. Do you know who Diplo is? Or do you even know I don't know what he, what he looks, looks like, like no. Oh, who he was, was Diplo? the DJ in the like, little like battle DJ. The one who actually fights? Like the one no, the po- actual DJ who like... Oh, the one. so the guy Blonde who, who owns the Charizard. Okay, the other the other guy who was like up there behind the Yeah, tables. he was the one like announcing the fighters and stuff. But yeah, that's okay. Diplo. How old is that guy? Probably in his 40s. He's been a music producer really? forever, yeah. Oh. But he just got like huge when EDM got huge, right? You okay, Diplo is right. Yeah, he did some bullshit with Skrillex. He's done a lot more than just EDM. He's produced like many albums. I know he's done some stuff. Yeah, he's done. Uh, hey, he's got some guilty pleasures of mine. But other than that, the stuff with the Beebs. Yeah, shit's good. It is good. <laughs> Can't deny this that. is a, a big time <laughs> tangent, but Carly Rae Jepsen, how do you guys feel? Uh, previously I, underrated, currently overrated. I don't, her new record is pretty fucking good. I think the only thing I know is "Call Me Maybe." So yeah, so that really song is just like how do you describe that? Quintessential I mean, it's, it's pop like music. Pop, <laughs> it's like pop trash. You know, it's like super saccharine catchy overproduced i like that song but her new her newer stuff though is like legit like pop cream dream for me like this is the kind of pop music i love it's very like 80s synth poppy reminiscence but 
I like it, it a lot. Big fan of Carly Rae. Does it sound like it has some artistic merit? Like at least compared to Call Me Maybe? Well, well, artistic merit. I mean, I think they're perfectly constructed pop songs. Really good hooks. The like production is like pretty lush, and there's some cool stuff going on in the background. Lush production. Mm-hmm. Do you like Halsey? No. Mm. She's good. You should listen to her song "Strangers." It's it's a banger. Strangers. Yeah. All right. I guess I. It's not one of her like indulge. popular songs, but <laughs> it's a banger. All right, Travis. Are you ready for your power hour? I think so, yeah. All right, we're going to move into what we've been watching. I got a couple things, but Travis, you can go ahead and have the floor here. Shit, Tom, I could probably go less than 30 seconds on some of these. How many you got? Um, I always got like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, one I- or two shy of a baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> a baker's dozen. <laughs> I got one. Um, and it's 30 seconds. Do it. I rewatched Suspiria. It is still a banger. Spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) Loved it. Stayed up way too late watching it. Couldn't turn it off. You watched it by yourself? No, I watched it with Zach. Nice. Did he like it? I think so. Mm. Was that a first time watch for him? Mm Mm-hmm. So it didn't really move up or down. You just kind of like I mean, it was a five star, so... You can still move up as a five-star movie. You can still move up. You know, I don't think it moved up, but I also think I'd watched it pretty recently. So, and did you I get anything thought about more it out so of it? much. Yes, did actually, I did. Quite a bit? I did. I... Well, I guess I have a question I didn't have before, but I don't know if I got mm. more out of it. Sounds like you need to watch it again. Maybe, <laughs> or just like read a review or something. <laughs> anyway, it's still great. I think uh, everyone should watch it. Oh, and I found out my mom watched it, which is hilarious. Oh, man. She found out it was my number two movie of the year, and she watched it by herself. And I was like, what? You watched Suspiria by What did yourself? she think? Uh, I think she was mixed on it. More important question is, does she listen to the podcast, and that's how she found out? Or? Yes. Oh, hell she's, yeah. a, she's a listener. She I a don't fan? know if she's a frequent listener i told her not to listen it and then she was like i've heard you say fuck <laughs> don't worry about me i can handle it that like, sounds okay. like my, that sounds like my mom my mom would be like oh i listened to 15 minutes of your podcast while i was cleaning i gotta go back and listen to all of them like <laughs> mom like at this point like stay the do you fuck know how out many of hours of like content <laughs> we've produced at this point like not Mom level content. No. Like she would maybe listen to no. one full episode. Like one person in Japan level content. That's what we got going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> so should I leave the uh, all the inappropriateness to a minimum? No, it's fine. Keep it going? All right. Yeah. Leave the, dude, if we what's took done, that out, like what do we have left? <laughs> we spent half our time talking about cum anyway. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I get crap for not. Promoting. I want you to. I want you to present these these movies in order of least to most come, <laughs> whether on screen or for you. Oh That's a lot of work. Uh, but no, I get crap for not like promoting this enough at work. But I'm like, I don't know if I want people from work listening to this. No, no, especially since I was shit talking our insurance at the top of the show. So. <laughs> Well, I've told my boss that I, I do it as like a hobby or for fun or whatever. And then like every time we come across new people, he's like, 
you got to tell them about your podcast. I'm like, I don't want people knowing that. Well, so here's the thing. I feel like people will, like, someone could say, like, oh, Travis has a movie podcast. And people will be like, oh, that's cool. Do they care enough to actually seek it out? Right. Probably not. And even if they do, like. Yeah, whatever. They're probably going to. Listen like, at your own discretion, all right? Yeah, technically, all of Are you these, talking to me? No. <laughs> technically, all of these talking episodes on SoundCloud, <laughs> they are, like, ex- there's an explicit content warning, yeah. so. So get out of here, mom. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to your uh, power hour. Uh, did I even start? No. no. I don't think so, no. All right, I'm going to start with most recent watched and then just work down. Uh, the old, the diary approach, huh? Yep. So, uh, well, usually I start from the... The other the bottom side. and then yeah. move up, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, saw something good. I caught the intruder last night after Detective Pikachu. Why? I don't know if I'm supposed to know what that I means. I was slightly intrigued to check it out. Probably because Megan Good wasn't it. <laughs> Even though it was only PG-13, but whatever. Uh, actually, kind of dug it. I at least liked it and enjoyed it more than Detective Pikachu. Dennis Quaid delivers a pretty... Uh, Great performance. Quadian. Well, I feel like you don't really get to see him play this kind of role, and it was kind of nice seeing him uh, ham it up a bit. I don't think I've ever seen a good Dennis Quaid performance. Well, yeah, I don't think he's a great actor, but I think he's having fun with this role. He's very good in, uh, what is that movie, Dragonheart? (laughs) Sounds like a Tom Is Dennis Quaid in that? (laughs) Yeah, he's the main character. You're not thinking of Kevin Costner? <laughs> I get those two Kevin Costner. mixed up sometimes. <laughs> I so do. Knew, I. I was like, that's not him, but whatever. It might as well be. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, I thought it was decent. It's it's pretty formulaic, and it's like a little flashy at times. Like it's, you know, looks like a music video, but I liked it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I watched this, but I kind of just half watched it, but I watched The Layover. Directed by William H. Macy Layover. and starring the Daddario and Kate Upton. Ooh. Ooh. Now I know why you watched it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was the only reason why I turned it on. But uh, this it's so bad. Like it's not funny. It feels like it feels dated, even though it came out in twenty seventeen. Like nothing really like makes sense from like a motivation standpoint or anything like that, but it, like, I don't even feel like I should give the movie much time on the show. But it just blows my mind that, like, William H. Macy's directed, like, two or three things. And, like, what was this? Was this a passion project? <laughs> like, I mean, I was would... Was it a paycheck? But, yeah, like, I would probably use any excuse to work with those two ladies. But I, I don't know. It was, like... Pretty much unwatchable. Bad. Jesus. Nice. Um, I watched The Elephant Man on Criterion oh, Channel. Sorry, I have to jump in. Dennis Quaid did star as Bowen in Dragonheart. Okay. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've also never seen it. Isn't it like a Highlander ripoff? Is that like Reign of Fire? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones. Uh, it's yeah. like worse than all of those things. Oh, okay. But it's so special. <laughs> Is this like 13th Warrior vibe? Yeah, better or? or worse than 13th Warrior? Worse. <laughs> oh, okay. But like... But better. More fantasy. You know, like... Have you seen the Warrior's you seen good. the Conan movies? I saw the first one, which is pretty bad. 
What? Conan the Barbarian? No, the old yeah. ones. Okay, yeah. so we talked Conan about the it. Barbarian is 13th Warrior. <laughs> Conan the Destroyer is Dragonheart. Okay. I totally get that comparison. Yeah. Morrissey agrees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there I watched your chair. The Elephant Man on Criterion Channel. It's only available till May 31st. So all you subscribers out there, make sure you watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is not on Blu-ray. It's kind of hard to find or track down. So I felt like I had to watch it while it was available to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. The production across the board, top notch. The makeup on John Hurt, amazing. John it's like Hurt's the least amazing. When it's like the least Lynchy David Lynch movie. Right? There's, yeah, there's little snippets of Lynch, but, but it's pretty straightforward. Yes. Right? Yeah, I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, it's. I think you would like it a lot. What year um, is this? It came out in 1980, but it's like it feels like it was made in the 50s. Um, but like in a good way, though you mean, right? Like <laughs> yes, but like it. I don't know. I just feel like it's timeless. Like you could watch this 30 years from now, and it would be the same as watching it today. Like you can't say that about a lot of movies. Um, but yeah, loved it. Uh, I watched Under the Silver Lake. Uh, so I think I asked you. You watched it on Fandango or some shit. Yeah. You got to get on that, man. Seems stupid. Who uses Fandango? Yeah, but you get free $5 credit for every five movies you purchase on Fandango. So... A-list counts. What are you watching this on? Like your Xbox? Oh. Is there like an app? My TV has an app for it. Your TV has an app. Okay. Mm -hmm. I guess I can have to check and see if my TV has one. Um, Overall, I liked it. Um, I don't really know what to think of it, though, or what to say about it, but it definitely feels like a love letter to like Hitchcock movies or just like classic cinema in general. Like there's a lot of references and it just kind of has that like mystery, like not like detective type vibe, but kind of, it's not like a, he's not an actual detective, but he's like trying to solve a mystery. I was kind of getting like inherent vice vibes from it. it Any of that feels kind of like that as well. Um, maybe not as, weird though as inherent place. <laughs> i mean it does go to some weird places um but yeah I, I don't really know what to think about it. i definitely probably need to see it again and maybe um watch a few youtube analysis videos but um ultimately i liked watching it <laughs> uh i watched the bank job the heist movie starring uh, jason statham pretty generic uh i think i had seen it once before but it's not one of the the banger heist movies why did you watch it i own it on blu-ray and i've been trying to watch <laughs> movies that i own so i know how that goes that's in my pile to get rid of <laughs> <laughs> i watched uh barbarella the 1968 sci-fi uh film starring jane fonda Jane Fonda is, was looking pretty great back in 1968. Um, it's kind of fun. It's also pretty goofy and like campy. Um, but I kind of like the, the charm and wackiness of it. Um, I watched Meek's Cutoff. Kelly I know Reichert that movie. name. The what? Kelly Reichert, the Wendy and Lucy Director. Oh yes, yes, yes. This okay. has got. I knew I recognized this the is, name. This is, has Matt written all over it. Michelle Williams, Zoe Kazan. Oh. What is this movie about? Oregon Trail. And how did you watch this? 
It's on a few streaming platforms, but I watched it on a Criterion channel. Okay. I think it's it, on Hulu or Netflix, one of them. Um, okay. Because that, that does sound right up my alley. It's in um, like 4.3 or like wide, full screen uh-huh. uh, ratio. Uh, kind of wish it was in widescreen just because the landscape and the way she shoots it is pretty spectacular. There's mm. one of the coolest. So this rival almost rivals the like transition in uh, Phantom Thread that I created. Oh, the about. mountain thing? Yes. But this, <laughs> the way it does the, the fade and the cut to the next. Oh, my God. Cream. <laughs> so you you love this movie or I did. Uh, I gave it four and a half stars. Um, it's just like you basically follow a group of settlers who don't really know where they're going, but their guide thinks they know where they're going. What's this called again? Meek's Cutoff. It came out in 2010. M e e k Meek apostrophe Cutoff. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's almost like a survival movie where, I mean, they're just like, it's, you know, way back in the day and they don't really know their path. So they're just going to assume that this guy knows, but then like kind of gets into that a bit more where they're not really sure if he knows and maybe they shouldn't trust him. And like, it also gets into like gender dynamics a bit because like, Back in the day, women were more just like servants and didn't really have an opinion or a voice. But like, yeah, I don't really want to like spoil it because like there's not really much to the movie. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot, mainly the way it looks. I think it looks amazing. Cool. Um, and I watched the 1969 version of The Italian Job, which oh, yeah. was okay. Yeah. You've seen it? Not that one, no. Mm-hmm. I've seen the, the Jason Statham one, but... Is that is Michael one good? Kane, is Michael Caine in that? Yeah. Uh, is the Italian job good? No. Uh, is it a fun watch? Sure. Is yeah. it, like, Gone in 60 Seconds fun? Wait. No, Gone in 60 Seconds is You're talking stupid. about the one that I know, right? <laughs> the one Jason Statham, out. Mark Wahlberg. Yes. That, yeah. that may be, like, one of my biggest guilty pleasures, but I personally think... The Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage is awesome. For real? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I could see that. I Some of the stuff is dumb and kind of corny, but like, it's a fun, like, entertaining blockbuster. I was pretty young when I saw it. Maybe I would have, like, an ironic appreciation for it now, but when I watched it, like, as a kid who was super into action movies, I thought it was dumb. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like I feel like the, Nicholas the final Cage, jump is pretty ridiculous. If you remember it, I don't remember. Who's it? Stanley oh, Kane? The car is practically flying. Like it's like so unreal. Is Stanley Kane brother of Michael Kane? I don't know. Is because he also there's a in Stanley Kane credited <clears throat> in the Italian job? Um, along with I'm Michael Kane. Michael Kane. Potentially, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, it was okay. It's kind of goofy. Not really gritty enough like the uh the highest thrillers that i love um but it had some cool moments in it uh i forget oh i think i watched that on canopy if you guys care um i still haven't set that up i think that's about it yeah yeah see short and sweet tom okay tom you said you had did you have a thing or did you say oh, it at the top of the show? I, I do want to talk a couple tv things though whenever 
Or we're gonna have some crossover? Because really all I want to talk about is TV. Like, I think I, there's maybe one movie I'll mention, but... Okay, then I'll get my other TV thing out of the way real quick. I have one TV show, and Matt's gonna say it, and I've only seen one episode. Barry? Yes. I watched season one and two. Yeah, well, I watched one episode of season two. Okay. It was very good. I watched some of episode two, but Sarah fell asleep. I'm very excited to continue. <laughs> season two is even better than season one. Would you agree, Travis? Yeah, I mean, not by much, but... Oh, they're both fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, do we want to talk about Barry right now? No. Oh, no well, spoilers. No, spoil right. it for me. Um, well, yeah, I guess I'll talk about it since I've never really talked about it on the show. Um, but yeah, I really like it. It kind of gives me like a Breaking Bad vibe just because it's like part comedy and then like just a, a character getting into like in over his head and just he's 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 trying to live a normal real life but he's got this like side life or side gig that kind of like side hustle yeah and it, and it continues to escalate as the show progresses yes. similar to breaking bad yeah uh especially in the first season fuchs and barry they were giving me a huge like Brian Cranston, Ryan Gosling vibe in Drive. <laughs> Just because, like, that's, like, his, like... It, you know, like, Barry's, like, his, like, moneymaker or, like, his pride and joy, and he, like, kind of exploits him and, like, talks him up, but only to, like, ultimately take advantage of him. And, like, sure, he means well, but it's, like, it's always for him first. Right. And that's, like, the same vibe you get with Brian Cranston's character. But yeah, I like Barry a lot. Can't wait for season three. We can circle back if you catch up with that show. We can talk about it. I will be. We'll, we'll definitely keep watching. We finished Catastrophe, so that's our TV show now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I finished that too. Yeah. Good little finale. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, you still got to watch that. Yeah? How many episodes? So it's over now. You would really like Catastrophe. Is it over? It's really funny, and it's just a good show. Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's over. Yeah, what, three series, or four seasons? Series four seasons. Also, oh, I watched one episode of Easy. Do you guys watch that? Uh, yeah, I watched the first two seasons. I th- they're on season three now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I've only seen one episode, and it was in the middle of season three. Mm. So I know some of the characters have, like, backstories. So this was a Mark Maron if episode. If I remember correctly, they're, the episodes are loosely connected, but yeah, like kind of separate. Connected. Yeah, So, uh Kind of like high maintenance. Yeah, almost. yeah. I think I think that's the vibe that I was getting. So I was a skeptic. It just didn't sound like a show I wanted to watch. But I gotta say, that episode was very good, and I will probably take a look at some more episodes because it was dealing with a difficult and relevant subject matter, uh, and I thought it handled it really well. And it was interesting. It wasn't just like a boring infomercial. So, yeah. Um, Anyway, I was taken by surprise. I will probably check out some more of that stuff. Yeah, I remember season one and two being good. I don't remember any like standout episode. It's been a while, but I remember enjoying watching both. Yeah, that show has been on my radar since the beginning. I just I haven't pulled the trigger Didn't... on it. It's Joe Swanberg. Right? Yeah, I th- yeah, he's at least the creator. I don't know if he does like every episode. Like every, yeah. but... I like I like his guy. What's that guy's the show stuff? that Maya Rudolph and the guy from Portlandia is? forever that's one i want to watch that seems kind of in the same vein as some of the shows we're talking about right now that show was pretty good um the, the it was little, an amazing the little promos but... that they show on amazon sometimes make it feel or look amazing <laughs> it's i don't know i enjoyed it like it's it's a cool they, concept they do a good job selling it 
Yeah. Which show is this? I talked about it a couple months ago. So it's called Forever. It's Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. And oh, I vaguely remember seeing something about this, but it just sort of didn't didn't pique my interest. I haven't seen any of the trailers, so I don't know how much the trailer gives away. Because mm. I was I was kind of blindsided by the premise of the show, so I'm not going to say anything unless like the trailer yeah. like no blows up the whole premise or something. No, they like vaguely go over what the premise is, but it's almost like it's like a kind of like a bored couple is like looking for something more. Is that kind of loosely the... Yes, no? <laughs> but specifically there's like, okay, so if that's all... You, okay, okay, then I'm not going to say anything more about it, but okay. that's that's one of those like eight episode, like quick 30 minute episode shows that you sh- should for sure watch. Maniac, that show's pretty dense. Forever, you can just watch, but mm-hmm. Maniac, like, I need to watch that show again, I feel like. I loved it, but... That was like a. That's not a bingeable Speaking series. Speaking of that show, I, I have not like continued. I think I ended at episode two. I was watching with Chelsea, and it just hasn't gotten brought up since we watched episode two. Dude, that show, <laughs> one of my favorite shows, I think. Um, I so have you guys seen Fleabag? Do you guys know what Fleabag I'm is? Not, but I. Do you, it's on Amazon, right? Yes. I read a article, like headline, that basically said season two is one of the best seasons of TV ever. I don't know if I would go th- so. that far. It is one of those shows that I think I admire more than I actually enjoy it. Like it's really good, but I have seen a lot of those articles saying, like, yeah, one of the most perfect critics television shows ever. Hyperbolic these days. Yes. <laughs> So, Gotta critical acclaim through the roof. I did appreciate it. There were some hilarious moments. There were some heartfelt moments. But I don't think I really reached the same highs that a lot of people who have been watching it reached. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's only 12 episodes in the series. So, it's uh, done by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. who She's British. And she also is the showrunner for uh, Killing Eve. Which I haven't seen, but people seem to like that show a lot. Um, she's really funny. So she plays Fleabag. Uh, a lot of the characters don't have actual names. You just have like references for them. And she, her character breaks the fourth wall like a lot. Like she'll just make asides toward the camera constantly. Like funny games? Very funny. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's very funny. Very funny. Very emotional. Very like, millennial woman like this is my experience it's elevated in a way but um it's quite good it's a breeze to watch the episodes are like 22 minutes long Mm. and there are 12 of them and the show is done like it's over oh wow so wait six episodes six episodes each they're all on amazon it originally aired on bbc a couple months ago now it's on amazon uh that show is great uh i finished sharp objects have either mm. of you, neither of you have actually seen that show, right? No, I, I nope. listened to a lot of it while Sarah was watching it. Oh, like uh, in the background or whatever you were listening? Yeah, it was just on. It's a weird show. It's quite good, though. Uh, it's not a very bingeable show. It's very strange uh, and pretty dark. Like, the subject matter is pretty dark. It seemed good, but not good enough for me to do. I would recommend it. By the end of it, the last two episodes, 
I'm not going to say it has true detective vibes, but there are some revelations that are like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Like, I didn't see that coming. Sarah was super into the finale. She was like, that's one of the best finales I've seen. In- uh, I definitely wouldn't go that far. No. I was definitely taken aback by the end of it, and it was very good. Uh, I'm not going to say it's one of the best TV shows ever made by any means, but it's. I would highly recommend watching it at least. I mean, HBO has been on fire the past couple of years, so this is just another one that they kind of knocked out of the park. Um, so I watched that, and I have been binging the fuck out of Veep. Mm. Hell yes. I'm in is that season- new to you? Yeah, I've never... Oh, it's so good. I had only I started Veep a couple of years ago, and I enjoyed it, but I abandoned it. Now it I'm like... so funny. I'm like halfway through season five. That wow. show is really fucking funny. <laughs> it's very crude too. Yeah, it's one of the Tyler showed me shows a clip that was seen. pretty funny. He sent me that clip too. Was it yeah. the like the counseling thing for saying uh, yeah. retard? Was that the one? <laughs> that was a pretty funny clip. <laughs> He's one of the best characters. Jonah is one of the best <laughs> yeah, characters. Um, it's one of those shows where you just love all the characters. Like everybody's really funny. Everything is so witty. There's political commentary. There's social commentary. There's just like zany bullshit like everything that could go wrong does go wrong i guess one of those shows did you ever watch 30 rock yeah not the whole thing uh i started watching that to impress a girl oh yeah i I guess i was gonna ask like what what show does v most remind you of Mm, i guess 30 rock from like a rapid fire like jokes per minute type of thing 30 rock is is quicker like 30 rock is basically just like yeah, joke, yeah, joke, joke, yeah. joke 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 i think there's a lot of maybe uh curb your enthusiasm in there too oh there's some awkward you know awkward situations just like what, what you were saying earlier where like if it could go wrong it does she's a really bad politician <laughs> and she's a bad person too yes she is a bad person she's like a selfish uh protagonist which i and shallow which i think makes reminds me of uh of layer <laughs> of layer <laughs> you think i would dig it yeah i think so yes okay, so it's it's so. very vulgar i like, don't know who it's doesn't... smart but it's vulgar who wouldn't dig it it's so funny yeah i don't know but it's not like one of those specific like types of comedy that like only a certain type of person would be you into. don't really have to it's smart comedy well i'm pretty dumb so i don't no. think <laughs> well so that's the thing like I think if you understand politics, you would probably appreciate some of the nuance more. But yeah. I, I don't think you have to really have an understanding of politics to like this show. I don't okay. think so either. It's just like, and everybody is so loosely familiar, or they have a, an understanding in their mind of what politics is from like, just because it's pop culture now, and because uh, of like House of Cards and The West Wing and all the other crap that's been out for forever. I think people get it yeah like you have certain expectations when you watch a political show and this definitely does that yeah but yeah i'm i'm really enjoying it like i said i'm about halfway through season five the series is is finished now it just ended a week or two ago yeah so i've got i think there were seven seasons of that show i believe um and i heard really good things about the finale like some people have said it's one of the best series finales ever wait so did it just finish yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i think sarah and i need to watch the last season still yeah really enjoying it um i think that is it i feel like there's some other show i was watching oh i watched an episode of Berta, birdie and tuca you guys know what i'm talking about 
No idea. New animated show on Netflix from one of the people involved with BoJack Horseman. Uh, the animation style is very similar, but it's two women. Uh, it is Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish. Okay. Do the voices. Interesting. I do not like it. It's, it's like, it's gotten some positive response. Ali Wong's the comedian, right? She has yeah. like the pregnancy She's, special. Yeah, baby Cobra. Yes. She, it, it's a very like female empowerment, like millennial woman show, which typically I would think I would like enjoy watching, but it's, I don't know. I don't think it's very funny. I think their characters are kind of annoying. It's not nearly as dark as BoJack. Like, I fucking love BoJack, but that show was pretty fucking depressing. This is not really that. And Tiffany Haddish peaked from her start. With her start. Uh, <laughs> Girl Trip. That show? Girl Trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, she's kind of. Ugh, I'm, I'm already over Tiffany Haddish, but. Good to hear. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's not all over great. the place. Oh. So I remember the only other thing I wanted to talk about. I watched uh, Iverson, that documentary uh, about Alan how was Iverson. It? it was good. That dude's got a pretty interesting story. Is it just like a kind of like a? a it's a career retrospective. Like, well, I do mean, they get into like his murder trial before the NBA? Yes, yes, oh, they okay. do. They spend they a fair amount a full of time. Full thirty for thirty on like that instance. And I think I want to say Steve James directed it. Like oh, the Hoop Dreams did. guy? Yeah, but I may be wrong. That would make sense. Um, it was good. It's not the most well-made documentary. It's one of those... I like, love sports documentaries. It's one of those <laughs> adequately produced documentaries that isn't that well done. Like, you watch it, and you're not, like, blown away by the craft of the documentary, you know Yeah, but, mean? like, you get into it because of the footage and just, like, reminiscing and... It's pretty broad. It covers, like, his childhood through like his high school the whole trial thing i mean do you get to see alan iverson cross people over oh yeah they they go over when he crossed michael jordan like people mm. lost their minds like they get into some of that practice stuff. yeah <laughs> that they spend a fair amount of time on the practice clip the all you have to do is show thing. it and it's a fair amount of time <laughs> so it was satisfying like i i knew the public persona of alan iverson but i was not familiar with his his specific story yeah so it was cool to get filled in on that what did you watch it on uh netflix Netflix or hulu or something like Uh, that i I think think that's netflix yeah it was fine i don't know i like basketball but i'm a pretty casual i cared more when i was younger yeah i haven't watched a basketball game and couple of years <laughs> it's really fun going to watch like old footage of uh like magic johnson or larry bird Some good shit <laughs> just go on youtube <laughs> for all the listeners listeners out there uh basketball highlights are good to watch <laughs> yes <laughs> well especially back in the day just because it was a different style of game yeah like just the like magic johnson's ball handling skills just they were like fun and just like yeah not anything like you see today Oh, they were ridiculous. Yeah. Now you would just double team him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fuck that, Alan Iverson or Magic Johnson. I don't know. Sports used to be more fun. I was Put talking Kawhi to Leonard uh, on you and see if you can double around him. I was talking to Chelsea's brother this past weekend about the Mark McGuire Sammy Sosa home run race. That was amazing. That was nice. But like, you never get that kind of shit today with 
baseball or even like sports in general. No. Not really. No. I mean, every once in a while there'll be someone chasing a record or whatever, but not like that. That was like prime time. Because like, they shattered the record, oh, yeah. the two of them. And it was like, who the fuck is going to end with the record yeah, at the end of the thing? Yeah, but it was thing? cool because they were both chasing at the same time. And so it just like added like another level of suspense to it. That was just kind of like a right place, right time. Baseball oh, happened to be very popular. They're what? They were cheaters, though. I know. That's kind of ruined the whole thing afterwards. Yeah. Like, in sure retrospect. Did. But, man, I used to, like, I'd be playing outside, and my parents would, like, call from the door and be like, Mark McGuire just hit a home run, and I'd run inside. Like, <laughs> it was a big deal. It was it was a special time. <laughs> That's when I was, like, Ever since then, peak baseball people were like, baseball sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Baseball's still the best sport. Um, are, are you guys done? Yeah, that's all I want to talk about. Okay, so one last thing. I started The Shield last night. Yeah, I saw that clip you sent me. Mainly based off of Matt's recommendation. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of bummed that I'm watching it now just because it feels slightly dated. It is dated, Anything early 2000s and 90s just instantly feels dated. I know. That's how I feel every time I try to... to watch the wire which i've started probably three times yeah mm-hmm. you'll you'll get over it though it takes a little bit of like, even like the, the credits and stuff i'm just like okay that show is super like new metal like butt rocky oh, both with the the title like the opening <laughs> <Don't> sequence. <really>. <laughs> and... <laughs> but without spoiling anything end of that episode was pretty crazy right oh yeah no For it was a, a good episode. episode yeah i like the main character michael chiklis's character uh vic Mackey. yeah <laughs> i watched one episode <laughs> <Fuck off. laughs> greatest uh, television character ever written i also like that there was the whole like i don't know who has done it yet because we haven't really figured it out but the whole like gags that were going on in the office i thought was kind of funny. oh like the poop and the drawer <laughs> kind of stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> um just because it like lightened the the tone a bit, but towards the end of the episode, you know the show is dated when fucking Kid Rock's "Ba with the Boss" You gotta admit it does fit with like the tone of the show. Oh, I was hyped <laughs> because the way it plays out, they're like preparing for a raid, and. Like, right as the song starts to hit, like, the guys are gearing up. One of them fucking turns their hat backwards, and it's like, my name is Kid. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, ha- I had to listen to that song today to amp myself up for the podcast. <laughs> nice. There, there are a lot of on-the-nose music choices in that show. There will be more after that. Can't wait. That was kind of Just a thing. Marilyn I mean, Manson. <laughs> This was kind of the beginning of prestige television. Like, Sopranos is kind of what really kicked it off. But you're still going to see those moments of, like, one, it's representative of the time. Two, there was still some kind of corniness associated with the television. There's something about the 90s that, or, like, early 2000s that doesn't age well. Because we were, like, right on the cusp of, like, the technology that we have today. But, like, it just is, like, just feels so dated. Like... 80s stuff feels dated, but kind of like in a charming way. 70s stuff feels dated, but it's kind of like aged well at the same time. But like 90s stuff, some of it is just like so bad. Across the Digital board. Age, man. Yeah. yeah. The big, I mean, across the board, like you look at video games from that era, like a lot of the <laughs> graphics from that time aged super poorly. Right. But then you look at, but at like, the time, Super it was Nintendo like cutting stuff edge. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
It's just, you know, the onset, like Tom said, the onset of the digital, the technological revolution, like things really accelerated around that time. Yeah. So it was a lot of like people trying to like overreach and do something cool. Yeah. That then, you know, in retrospect feels very much of the time. Right. Yeah. It's just unfortunate when you go back to try and catch up on some of that stuff because it just feels so like inaccessible almost. I'm not saying that about the shield. I thought it was like still a. I mean, I'm only one episode in. I'm not, like, writing it off or anything. But, like, the credits, the music choices, and just, like, the style kind of I've also, felt a bit dated. The show has the best, like, interrogation scenes I've ever seen in any medium, really. Like, some really good interrogation scenes. Yeah, there was scenes. a pretty good one in the pilot. In the first episode, yeah. yeah. So, I will say this. So, I, I like, I hope you see it through. I will say there's a little bit of a dip with season three and four. Still really good, but season four specifically, it does some stuff. Like, season four is probably my least favorite. Yeah. But season five, like, if you can get to season five, like, it's going to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> and there's no way you're going to stop watching after that. How many seasons is it total? There's seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not super long. We'll see though. how it goes, but yeah. Good luck. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> you guys got anything else? That's it for me. No. Nah. That's it. Okay. Well. So, what do we got coming up? Aladdin looks pretty bad, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to I've actually see it. heard it's getting good buzz, though. Is it really? Mm-hmm. It looks real bad. Those trailers look so bad. I love Aladdin, though. So, maybe we'll see Aladdin. Booksmart, for show. Booksmart looks awesome. Tom, Booksmart, are you up to date I'm with Booksmart? I'm not with the kids. Brightburn looks pretty cool. Brightburn does look cool. Uh, for reference, Tom, Booksmart is currently sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's this year's Ladybird. It's basically Ladybird meets Superbad. Tight. Yeah. Um, we also have. There's some. Oh, it's sh- even got the same girl. Yeah. That's Jonah Hill's sister. Did you know that? I did not know that. Now you do. So, <laughs> depending on the timing, I mean, Rocket Man is coming out. Godzilla King of the Monsters is coming out. I'm actually out. hearing good things about Rocketman, too. And did you know it's rated R? Yeah. I did not Thank expect God. that. It's Elton John, dude. Yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like something like that, they would make it PG-13. Oh, there's good, there's going to be calm in Rocketman. Wait. <laughs> 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 um, so there's, there's actually quite a bit coming out in the coming weeks. So um, still up in the air as far as what we're going to be seeing, but we'll have some stuff. We will be back. All right. Any last things before we say goodbye? That's it. Nothing from me. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, me too. Like us on Facebook, Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, our personal accounts. We post pictures and stories and stuff there. Uh, write into cinephilesdigest at gmail.com if you have any questions for us. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Helps our visibility. I really appreciate it. Five star, five star, five star. Um, okay. <laughs> that is going to do it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Five star. Bye. Bye. Doesn't need no opera Here for the operation We don't need